You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, we are now at the end of July, rounding the curb into August. There's just a few things I want to say before we get to the podcast this week. One, this week's podcast is actually an interview featuring me. I was invited on Kingdom Talks this past Monday, and so I decided to just take that interview and put it on here for all of you that haven't heard it yet, and I hope that you enjoy it. Now, on a few other notes... We are going to be doing a DID coach mentorship program. I've made this mention a few times and I'm going to keep putting it out there because there are those of you that listen to this podcast that are called to apply. And that's not all of you. It's it's, it's not even most of you. It's a few of you. There are a few of you that are called to apply uh, and, and, and we are now taking applications. You can find the application for the DID Coach Mentorship Program at BrideMinistriesInternational.com. On the front page, there's a banner. It advertises our higher dimension or um, Realms and Dimensions Unsealed course. And then the second slide allows you to apply for the DID Coach Mentorship Program. Please take the application seriously. Take the questions that are extended response seriously because that's what we're going to be using to determine who we are going to accept into a, 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 a an oral interview and who we are not going to even be orally interviewing for the program. This is a selection-based program. Not everyone that applies will be selected. We're looking for several key criteria on the front end. Uh, we are um, looking for those that are called and chosen. And I... I'm very excited about it because this is going to allow me to reproduce my ministry styles, skill set, even uh, impart some of the anointing that I operate into others to reproduce what's happening at this ministry and provide many more solutions to those that are turning to our organization for help because I cannot help everyone. Uh, this is a year-long program. It's going to have four in-person week-long meetings in Dallas beginning in January and ending in December. So it's a year long and we're going to have weekly meetings, lots of hands-on ministry training. You're going to have to read books, write reports, take quizzes. Do not think this is going to be a walk in a park. This is actual training. It is an internship and it is for the purpose of releasing coaches that are capable of running their own DID coach businesses. And so uh, we are going to take this seriously. Now, there's a few other things. Thank you for all of you that continue to support us financially. This week, we are moving into our office. Bride Ministries has never had an office before. Its office has been in my house. Uh, and, and I should say my wife and I's house. Uh, and so this is how Bride Ministries has been run since launch. I mean, I, I started doing the podcast in 2012. So all these years, all the impact that we've had, it, 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 it's we, we haven't even had an office. And uh, this, this has allowed us to save a lot of money. <laughs> but now we're getting into an office and that, that that's going to help with workflow and some other things. And so we're very excited about this upgrade. Uh, we, we are going to be going from glory to glory. And, you know, we're, we're looking at at some point even getting, you know, survivor transitional housing and all kinds of other 
physical land facilities, but but we're working up to it. Step one, office. We, we are now getting there. Anyway, uh, thank you for those of you that continue to support this ministry because you're making our transition possible. And if you want to support this ministry because you've been blessed by it, just go to our website. Go to our donate button, brideministriesinternational.com. We even accept cryptocurrency. Other than that, uh, one more announcement. This is really cool. At the end of the year, we are going to be transitioning from a 501c3 organization to a 508c1a. What's the difference? A 508c1a, as I've learned, is a free church, and it will allow us to accept tax-deductible donations as an organization, but we will not have any restrictions on political endorsement, (laughs) which is somewhat restricted under a 501c3. And so look forward to the transition that we are going to be going through at the end of this year, Uh, but we are going to complete this year as a 501c3 um, just to keep all of our books and records straight. So we are very, very excited about all the things that God is giving to us and putting before us. Anyway, uh, prayers that shake heaven and earth, get the book and give it to your friends. Advanced at prayers that shake heaven and earth is coming out in about a month and a half at most. I mean, we are really getting close on this thing. For those of you that want to pre-order, as soon as the book cover is finished, we're going to be getting it up for pre-orders because it's going to typeset and production next week. So, um, not, or I should say typesetting next week, production once we have everything set with the book cover. So we are really, really making progress on this book. I am so excited about this project. I can't wait for all the testimonies that are pouring in for that book. And so with that said, I'm done. We're getting to the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. <laughs> Conversations with Transitionaries. Our goal is to support believers in finishing the closing age well and awaken to the revelations of the opening age. Kingdom Talks is a platform of love, unity, and discovery, and we invite you to support our movement, subscribe, and share with your friends. Thank you to those of you who support us financially. Members have access to our shows commercial free, as well as behind the scenes conversations with our guests. All of our media links and patron information can be found on KingdomTalksMedia.com. And now, here is your host, Gil Hodges. All right, well, here we go. We uh, were just talking a little bit before we got started here, and we were thinking about all the myriad of things that we could go for, you know, the different paths, and uh, we still didn't decide where to go, so... um, have well, either of you introduce our guests for those who haven't yeah actually i guess there might be a few i'm thinking everybody knows dan come well, on everybody knows dan <laughs> <am I> right? <laughs> well berlin go ahead oh my gosh well daniel i don't know what your official intro is i didn't you know read your bible or mem- mem- memorize it or anything but let me just tell you folks daniel to me has been one of the forerunners of the people that i've been following and I love his work. He's a deep thinker, and he gets a lot of revelation. He works mostly in 
uh, with the recovery for DID and SRA people, but in that work, he comes across a lot of spiritual revelation, and he has put those together into resources. So I've taken some of his classes, I've bought his books, and I do follow his podcast. He's got great information there. So that's why Gil is saying, we don't know what to talk to Dan about because he is a wealth of information. And sometimes we go really, really deep in his podcast and we don't want to scare you guys off, but there is a lot of stuff off there, out there. So hopefully if we get into the weeds, we'll be able to ground <laughs> Find it. Find our way out. Right? <laughs> so um, he's also a Bible scholar and he knows how to do that grounding. So there you go. There you have it. Dan Duvall, Bride Ministries. What do you have to say, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Still putting it right back in your court. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, well, thank you so much, Berlin. And thank you so much, Gil, for having me back. Um, we had a good time the last time I was on. We did. Uh, there, there, there is, you know, so much to talk about when it comes to, the, you know, things of the spirit, the things that God is doing in the earth. You know, it's really exciting to be in my seat because I, I see things from a <laughs> like a, like a high vantage point at times, you know, and um, it, it's really interesting to watch the work that we do ground out because, you know, it's, people talk about being world changers. You know, what does it take to be a world changer? Truly, it takes being a disciple of Jesus Christ and following him um, into the deep end. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but I mean, as we are doing that, we're seeing stuff that, you, you know, we just turn around and we're like, we can't deny what's happening here. You know, just recently, this past week, I had a guest on my podcast, my friend, Todd Weatherly, and, um, you know, Oh, good. We're going uh, there. Will always be We're... a pain in my neck. No, I'm just kidding. He, he is a beloved brother. I, <laughs> no, I, I love didn't. him. <laughs> my, my wife and I, we went to his church uh, this past, uh, I think we were in there, February, um, doing a conference over there in Adelaide. It was extremely powerful. And, um, you know, a lot of things opened up while we were there, right? And um, we have a lot of plans for the future. But here's the thing. Uh, every once in a while, we do podcasts. And so this past week, he was my guest on my podcast. We were talking about exposing the Prince of Greece. Now, here's where this grounds out. In Daniel chapter 10, Gabriel's talking to Daniel. And he says, look, I was fighting with mm -hmm. the Prince of Persia for 21 days until Michael came and helped me. And then I was able to come to you. And now I must go back. But after the, you know, the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Greece is coming. So he actually prophesied this entity known as the Prince of Greece. And of course, we know that it went from Babylon, historically, mm -hmm. biblically, we went from the kingdom of Babylon to Medio Persia, right. which would be associated with modern day Iran, um, over then to Greece. And then finally, we land at Rome, which borrowed a lot of the Greek gods yep. and just renamed mm -hmm. them. Well, here we are, you know, there, there's this guy called the Prince of Greece. And one of the things that we learn about the, uh, the, the, the Greek, uh, you know, mindset is that it is very much based on knowledge or, or gnosis. It's all about, you know, how can, how much can we know? How, how concrete scientific can we think? Uh, the Greek mindset is also obsessed with things like the physical form, the body and a whole host of other things. And so, um, 
the, the, the podcast is about how the Prince of Greece is actually backing a mindset that locks people up relative to their spirituality. You hear a spiritual message about God, <laughs> the kingdom, heaven, and all this stuff, and you're locked out. Why? Because you can't measure it with your ruler. And so we, we were talking this is, about this yeah. stuff. And then at the end of the podcast, you know, because I'm shortcutting the people that listen to this, they can go catch the podcast. This is his message. And but do, do catch it. Yeah. Here, here, here's the whole point, right? <laughs> so climax, right? Main point of the, everything I'm saying. The day after we post the podcast, there is an earthquake that happens in Athens, Greece. Yeah. So... This is this is incredible because uh, people have to realize that we have power and authority to affect things like this. Um, I, I, I encourage people to go hear the broadcast because, number one, my wife and I, we, had, we have a teaching that we do, and it's on um, the barbarian mindset versus the Greek mindset versus the Hebrew mindset. And it's exactly what you're talking about, that the Greek mindset is based in rationalism and, and logic and it's, I can do it myself. It's that type of attitude versus Hebrew being trust and barbarian being fear. You know, so, you know, which, which one do we operate out of? Well, we kind of slide through all of them, but we want to shift and move toward the Hebrew. But um, secondly, you know, we have, a, we have a governmental group, an ecclesia that we operate on uh, Wednesday mornings. And, and Berlin's part of that. And my wife leads it. And we actually go into the heavens to, to look at what the Father's doing regarding the state of California. And three weeks ago, tomorrow, three weeks, no, Wednesday, three weeks ago, this coming Wednesday, we had an Ecclesia group meeting and somebody just felt the, the verse dropped in them, you know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And, uh, you know, the, the, that thought just began to resonate through. And we decreed that as the father gave that to us to decree. So we decreed it. Two days later, we get the two big earthquakes. I mean, one one big earthquake two days later, and then the other one, I think, a day, day and a half later. And, um, and, and the thing is, people's lives that we're connected with began to get shaken. I mean, there's a lot of things that are beginning to shake. And then so we went back the next week thinking, okay, is this decree done? And instead of getting that the decree was done, we get the word the shaking will continue. <laughs> so uh, it's like, okay, thanks. But the thing is, we have to learn that we have power and authority to step in and to engage with the Father and the entities and the beings that are there. And we have authority to do certain things with that. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit more and go a little bit deeper with how that works and, and what you did and what you guys were discussing in your podcast. Totally up to you, but uh, I think it's important for people to understand and have the belief that, and the understanding that they can step in and have an effect. Well, I will say this, you know, um, one of the things that I've learned is that territorial spirits are powered up by human agreement. Yeah. Territorial yeah. spirits are powered up by human agreement, right? So let's say um, you want to talk about Dagon, for example, fish god associated with um, Nineveh, right? They, okay. they were worshiping him over there in Nineveh when, when Jonah went. And um, Dagon, right, he has temples of worship in this city, all kinds of lifestyles centered around his 
exaltation. And so in that area, as a territorial spirit, he's going to have a lot of power. And when people withdraw their agreement with a territorial spirit or his sphere of operation, then that territorial spirit will lose power. You know, um, some people think that all religions except for Christianity are just all Satan and they're equal and, you know, it's all bad. And then there's just God. And it's like, well, actually there are different spirits that back different religious beliefs. And so, especially if you're dealing in areas where you have maybe uh, Islam and Buddhists, like, or Hindus and Islam, they will actually have faction wars between themselves because why? Their respective spirits are working for territory. So the more people are exalting these territorial spirits, and, and this can be just with lifestyle, you don't actually need a name. If it's just lasciviousness or drunkenness and alcoholism, or, or if it's gluttony, like if, if there is an area where a lot of people are surrendered to a certain type of engagement, like that will exalt or lift up a certain territorial spirit that is moving in that sphere, right? And so when we talk about territorial warfare, you know, we, we, we talk about doing court cases for the land, right? And uh, bringing justice in the heavens, uh, uh, untethering the land from um, blood that's been shed that is wrong and illegitimate, you know, all, all bringing all kinds of things. We, we can also talk about, you know, social justice and opening up um, the door for people to have, you know, health care and for people to have their kids taken care of. You know, it's like if, if you have a community that's extremely impoverished and none of the children have any way to get sustenance except go to the drug dealers and start selling drugs at seven years old, you're not going to make very many inroads in that until you create economic solutions. So there's a social justice component to territorial warfare, bringing the redemptive agenda of the kingdom in. So we look yeah, at both. Yeah. I'm a very balanced yeah. person. Here's That's the good. point, right? Here's the point. When we talk about territorial warfare and the agreement aspect of these ruling spirits, when you have a lot of people suddenly withdraw their agreement with a ruling spirit, there is a crash and burn. There, there, there's like a hard stop and things will happen in the earth and, 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 and the entire dynamics of power dynamics will shift massively. So if you go into a region that's ruled by Dagon, right? And a evangelist preaches a message and, and 10,000 people out of 20 renounce Dagon and turn to Jesus, right? Now you have a cataclysmic shift in that region, which is why evangelism is actually a tool of territorial warfare. It doesn't work alone very well. You need prayer work and you need the heaven work. And, you know, one of what things I like to do is pull the whole thing together. We're looking at whole picture kingdom ministry now. But yeah. when we do this stuff, right, where I take people through to renounce principalities, powers, fallen angels, these guys, um, and, and let's say we, you know, five, six, 10,000 people are doing it all at once. That is a massive blow to that entity in the kingdom of darkness, which is why, like the prayers and prayers that shake heaven and earth are so deadly to the kingdom of darkness. This is a book I wrote because it actually gives people all the language they need to execute a, a efficient, complete severing from these guys. 
there's going to come a day where I go into regions personally, and I have entire groups of people, 100, 1,000, 10,000, renouncing entities associated with the land with our language. And I'll tell you what, I know that things are going to break out crazy. And here's the thing. Todd did this in a sense on my podcast where he did this prayer and everybody that's doing this prayer, thousands of people all over the world are renouncing the Prince of Greece at the same time. Then what happens? Earthquake. So it, it, it it's, it's Very actually really cool. Yeah. And part of that was, um, I loved the way that he was saying the, that your lies and the, the, the coping mechanisms of the lies that you built around the belief systems that were wrong and the the greek mindset of the logic and the reasoning which is very difficult for me i'm you know trained architect and i just that you know i just that's who i am i'm like if it doesn't make sense i i don't understand it you know <laughs> why would you do that and i and i just can't like get by that so um it's unplugging from the matrix of that false structure that we've created. And that's why we had that hurt on the back of our neck when we were unplugging from our matrix there. So you know? what, tell a little bit more about that. Cause Berlin, you, you've got a, a, a pain in your neck <laughs> from Dan's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with that? And cause obviously I didn't see it, so I don't know what's going on. Was there something specific about the neck? Well, uh, from what I understood, I mean, Dan, you probably, you're our guest. You've talked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hear me. So, 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 explain here's, here's it. The thing, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very interesting interview. Let's sit here and talk about my podcast guests. Um, but this is really good, you know, I, and I really do, folks. Uh, find the podcast called Exposing the Prince of Greece, Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and, and, and you'll get the whole download. But, but the idea that he explained was, that as they began to experiment with this, you know, um, praying to unplug from this prince, uh, people were feeling the sensation in the back of the neck. They were being led to, you know, to put the hand just in the back of the neck. Okay. And, and, and it is basically the brainstem area mm -hmm. of the brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that, that's where that came from. So he's just like, look, I don't have to lay hands on you. You lay hands on yourself. So I, you know, go to put your hand on, and and it was just an act of faith, right? Um, mm -hmm. Same reason why a, uh, uh, Moses would hold up his staff. It's like an act of faith. But when you do that, and you know, there's something that engages in the spirit realm. And so uh, here, here we are doing this, and deliverance is processing out. And and I guess Braylon got a little bit of deliverance. Praise God. I'm going through. I, well, she needed it. But you know what, Dan? Some of the, the um, you also teach about the weapons of our warfare and the spiritual weapons at our disposal, and you go through so many in the Bible that I totally had never seen before, even though I've read those scriptures, right? So you did a brilliant job of bringing those to bear, and I'm wondering if by actually activating in the physical realm, like he, we, we use our, the, the energy centers in our hands to put on our neck, but in the spirit realm, it is, has power. So could you yeah. talk about those weapons that are you use in the spirit realm that have power and how we activate that and those kinds of things? 
Yeah, this is one of my, I, I love talking about the weapons of warfare. Here, here's the deal, right? Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than or, um, any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of sunder, soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It is a discern of thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, mm -hmm. here's the deal. Uh, the word of God is a sword, right? It's powerful. It's actually alive. And, and, and this is where uh, pe people are going to get really messed up. Because in the spirit world, words themselves are realms. Actually, in, in Greek, the, the, the Greek word for word also means thing. So they actually exist. Mm. And so when you are using the word of God in an aggressive manner by quoting scriptures, dealing with weapons, you are, in a, in, in a sense, forming those weapons by your words and then releasing them on the unsuspecting prey, which should be the demons and the evil things. And so we have learned how to weaponize the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so, you know, um, <laughs> at this conference I was at just this past uh, um this is so funny, right? Just in Louisiana, I decided, you know, we're going to open up and I'm going to give these people a little taste, right? This, this, this is what we can do, guys. So I said, listen, first thing I'm going to do in this atmosphere is power up the angels, right? Be, be, because they're angels from the region. They came because I'm here. I'm talking, you know, there's also angels that arrived with you. There's a whole bunch came with me, but we're going to power them up. And then I, I said, look, you know, many times as Christians, we fail to power up our angels in the practical ways. How, how do we mm -hmm. practically power up our angels? <clears throat> Answer, worship God, right? Plain and simple. When we worship God, the, the, the life that we emit as we are connecting with our creator is actually feeding the angels in our environment. If, if, if we have a life devoid of worship, the angels in our atmosphere actually get weaker and weaker. And our words... And it will establish an environment where the angels will either be powered up or they'll be kind of shut down. Why? Because if I give angels the word of the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 103, 20, um, blessed be his angels who excel in strength. You perform his word, you hearken unto the voice of his word. And so angels will take God's word out of God's mouth or our mouth because we can speak the word of God with our mouth. And that's what allows them to do things in our midst. If we don't give them anything to work with, the only thing we're powering up are the demons. Because when we say, I hate you, and this will never work, and you know, you're just a B and S and an F you too, and that's what you know, we're projecting all of this nonsense. Well, the demons is gonna grab that and grab that, and, and they're gonna assemble all kinds of things in our environment so that we can you know, <laughs> eat our words, right? So life and death comes out of the power of the tongue. Now, I, I explained this and I said, but there's other ways to power up the angels. And one of those ways is to charge them with the names of God, which is extremely powerful. And so I have experimented with this and I have, you know, the angels come in and I'm coming back around to the actual question because I'm telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to say, I'm sorry. So, so, oh, so, so the angels come in. I, I have tested this independently. I, I have found that angels have persons, they have realms that they work with, 
that is independent of their person. They also have weaponry that they will wear on their body. And I have charged independently the angels, their realms and their weapons with the names of God. And then, you know, now I just do it all at once because why not just blow it out of the water? So I said, now watch this. In the name of Jesus, I call the angels in the atmosphere their realms and their weapons charged with the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Mekidesh, Jehovah Ra'ah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Gabor, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sabaoth, Jehovah Izuz, Jehovah Hosinu, Jehovah Kail, Jehovah Kana, Jehovah Milkama, El Shaddai, El Elyon, El Olam, El Roy, Yeshua, Hamashiach. Right, and I memorized all of those because this is part of my warfare pattern. Um, I charge all kinds of things with the names of God because it just is so powerful. And so I do that right in the seers. I'm like, whoa, all the angels are glowing really, really bright now. And it's like, yes, <laughs> now we're going to give them something to do. We're going to embarrass the devil. So after I have the angels charged, I say, hey, uh, find an interloper somewhere walking around the premises. And by interloper, I mean some kind of scavenger demon that has just you know, lost his way. Bad day for you. So the angels, they go out, they grab the demon. I say, bring him into the back of the room. Now, there's this person in there, and one of the seers is actually hearing the chains. The demon comes in the back of the room with the angels. And I said, you know, the word of the Lord says he shot out his arrows and discomfited him. And I said, load him up with arrows. And so... <laughs> Right. The demon just gets loaded up with arrows. Now, I'm doing all of this by faith. I don't see it. I don't hear it. But other people in the room do. And uh, then I, when I'm done, I'm just like, I'm, throw them out, you know. And so the whole point was just to embarrass the devil. It, it was no, it was just an object lesson. It's like, this is, th this is why, why I'm here. I, I'm here to equip the saints, embarrass the devil. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so the, what did I do? I used weapons because there are a whole lot of weapons in the word of God. And when I speak them, they activate. When, when I speak them, they activate. And so on our website, I put together two prayers uh, and I call them weapons of warfare prayers. And, and so they are examples of how to weaponize the word of God. Because there are so many, there's over a hundred different weapons in the Word of God. And that doesn't even count the newer technologies that they're working with now in the heavens. If you go up in there, because you can go in the heavens, look at the new tech, language it, and then put it in your purse. So one of the things that I do now, sometimes I'll take an entity and I'll open up a uh, anomalous magnetic field in its head so that the head implodes inside of an anomalous magnetic field. I'll open up a black hole in its belly. You know, I'll, I'll do that. I, I am extremely brutal. I, I, I decided a long time ago when I was growing up, I got bullied by the devil. The devil would come in my room. He'd come in my dreams. I'd open my eyes. I'd see demons. I'm like, man, I'm getting bullied. Now, in the name of Jesus, I'm the bully. And, and, and <laughs> it was so funny. I, I'll tell you this. This is a true story. Just the other week, I was working with someone in our deliverance ministry and the demon comes up to the surface. The entity comes up to the surface, manifesting at the front. I had never seen this before. It actually begins to cry. Real tears. The person is crying, but it's the demon. <laughs> I hate you, dude. Oh, you ruined everything. This actually happened. 
I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I'm like, wow, I actually don't even feel bad about what I'm about to do to you, even though you're fine. <laughs> this is just cannon fodder. I'm going to put this up on a publication. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of chumps. Like, this is it. This is the best you got. Like, before you used to have attitude, like, I'm not talking to you. And, you know, who do you think you are? Now you're just going to cry. It's, it's just, it doesn't matter what you do. The pain is coming. This is the house of pain. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> and remember, <laughs> folks, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we're actually laughing at it is warfare, too. So we love us some Dan Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I've always been a big proponent of basically just looking at things from a, a Luke ten nineteen perspective, where Jesus says, I've given you all power and authority over the enemy. And so I believe that's absolutely true. However, there's a lot of people walking around who've got a lot of darkness in them that have got a lot of the enemy working in them. And the thing that we have to, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but honestly, the only power and authority that the enemy can have over me is that which I've given it. And I may have given it even in the sense of the bloodline curses coming down and not doing anything about it. You know, so if I haven't done anything about it, then I haven't stopped it. But it's only there because I've allowed it. And if I step into my place of who I really am, then I can begin just brushing that stuff off. So I've been living that way for a good, you know, a good few years anyway. And um, it's interesting because I don't remember my dreams very often. But about less than a week ago, I had this dream where there was this demon that was, you know, in my face and tormenting me, trying to scare me in my dream. And I'm like, I was getting ticked. I'm like, you can't, you have no authority. You can't do this. What are you doing? And it just kept trying to taunt me. And I was, you know, I wasn't afraid at all in the dream. I was just getting more and more ticked. And finally, I just jumped up at that thing and I grabbed it by the neck. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the dream and in the spirit, I grabbed it by the neck and... I woke up and I'm out of bed with my hand like this. <laughs> it disappeared. It was gone. But oh my uh, gosh, it's so good. You know, to me, if if I start sensing the demonic coming around, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not afraid like I used to be, because I know that it has nothing on me other than what I'll give it. You know, if I give it something, then okay, yeah, then I may have something to be concerned about. But if I, you know, if it's and if it has got a hook in me, because I'm I know I'm not perfect at this point so you know there are still some hooks in me and so that gets exposed and i'm just like hallelujah thanks for exposing it i'm going to go take that to the courts i'm going to repent and get the blood of jesus to wash that out i'm excited when something gets exposed in me because i get to go get rid of it um but aside from that i i really don't you know give the enemy much time of day however you know that changes when you're in the same room with somebody who has given permission for the enemy to come into them and they could physically come at you. So what what do you do in that situation where you've got, you're in the same room with somebody because you just expressed some of it. Uh, and I think you already gave an answer, but just maybe go a little, little bit deeper. You know, so you're, you're in a room, it, it could be a church or something and someone is manifesting and uh, you know, they want to, they want to maybe come at you. I mean, what, what would you yeah. do in that case? Have you had that happen? What, what do I do if someone wants to attack me physically? Well, yeah. first of all, I'm going to say this. A lot of the work that I do is actually on the phone. It's, it's on the phone. It's over the internet. Um, and, and so we're yeah, getting people yeah. set free and delivered all over the world. Okay. And um, I, I mean, I, I've seen all kinds of things. I, I remember one time I was in a session where um, the person had the spirit manifest – 
it, it was speaking to me in an ancient Egyptian language. Uh, <laughs> and at, at one point, the, the head was taken. And I say taken because he, the person wasn't doing it on purpose, but they were trying to slam the head on uh, the desk. Yeah. So yeah. I just said, stop. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had to be a little bit firm on the issue because it didn't stop immediately. And I spoke some things. I said, you know, angels do this. I said, cut off cords. I said, uh, blow up the backup programs and any power sources that are driving this activity in the name of Jesus, whatever. And it stops, you know. But um, in physical, I was actually at a conference not too long ago in um, Oklahoma City. And I wasn't even the speaker. I was speaking in the morning. In the evening, there was a lady, and she was speaking. She gave a great message, right? And then you were doing altar ministry. So they said, oh, all right, well, the, the leaders and the speakers wanted to come up and pray for people. And so I came up and prayed for some people. And this girl comes up and manifests. I mean, but she's on the other side. Now, I don't even know what's going on over there. And I'm just, you know, praying for the people in front of me. And they come and get me. <laughs> They're like, all right, Daniel, you're up. <laughs> I mean, this is a mess. And, 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 and I'm just going to be honest. You know, for me, I'm not the, the showman deliverance minister. I, yeah, I, I respect good. people that do that, but I prefer a much more calm uh, environment for the process because oftentimes you're dealing not only with the, the demons, but with the broken parts of people yeah. that are held captive by yeah. the demons and, and the traumas <clears throat> that are associated with the doors the demons used to or the, the the fallen entities used to get in and so there's some sensitivity involved in the whole thing so anyway no time for that manifestations here the show has come <laughs> i am now being summoned right so do something and this person um i mean they have their fist like this and it's down like that just cocked ready to you know <laughs> So all I do is I, I'm just walking towards them and speaking. <laughs> like, I'm not worried about their fist. Um, the angels that are with me, I, because I have faith, you know, they're, they're too big. So as they're trying to, to do this, like their body is just collapsing. I mean, just, just collapsing. They're having to hold them up. So the closer I get, the weaker the body gets, and, you know. Um, yeah, finally, I, I, I got the demon to say who it was, and it was Belial or whatever, and then I just went in on him, and then the whole thing just gets wiped out, right? And so the person's laid out on the ground. They're, they're just out. Uh, and and, and in, in that case, it's like, well, what were you doing when this person went? Well, I was doing my assignment. I was actually doing my job. And so heaven was around me protected. I could actually feel this. It's like a bubble. It's like a force field. It's, it, it actually feels like there's nothing coming through this. Um, and, and this entity is getting run over. And that's just the way it is. So, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't have started there. This is something that I have journeyed into. I've paid a huge price to move in. Um, there's an authority that God has entrusted me with uh, that I, 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 I didn't have 10 years ago, five mm -hmm. years ago, you mm -hmm. know. And I'm working with angels that I'm, I wasn't working with before. And, and this is one of the things that I think a lot of people – are going to find interesting to learn as we are faithful with the things God calls us to do. God adds to us. He yeah. actually expands. 
the, the, you know, he expands us. We don't start where we finish unless we don't grow. But as we show ourselves faithful, God will expand the resources that he is availing to our disposal. You know, the Bible talks about different levels of maturity, babes, young children, uh, young men, fathers. First John chapter, I believe it's two. You know, uh, we talk about different levels of maturity. Well, that actually comes with different levels of access to the resources of heaven. Um, because the assignments get bigger, right. you know, and 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 so I remember not too long ago, you know, God asked me to do a few things, and when I said, you know, I'm, yes, yes, I agree. There were two companies of angels that were sent in at that point that were added to my mission that I actually didn't have them before me and God had this conversation, and after I signed up, then they were released to me. And, and it was really cool. This is going to crack you up. Um, <laughs> one of the groups of angels were like, they, they're wearing this big this black armor and it's like heavy and they're heavy. I mean, like big bellies, just thick, heavy. And I'm like, what do you guys do? You know, and they have all this stuff. They look kind of mean, but what they actually do is <laughs> belly flop. They, they like, and it like land on people with their bellies. And I'm like, this is nuts. What are you guys doing? So I, see, like, I just see bouncing around. And it's like, well, we're here to help your message land with more weight. So, so when I'm speaking, they like jump on people like, boom. And people are like, whoa, revelation. And, and what they don't see is that there's actually a whole group of angels that are working with me on assignment, remember, to produce that effect. Like, they, they, they just jump. And, I mean, they got big bellies. So if you get hit, it's going to be pretty sick. It's like, whoa, you know, massive. I see these sumo wrestler guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, this comes back to grace. It's just like, you know, um, it's not my power necessarily. It, it, it is by grace that I am moving in the administration of the things God has called me to do. So, so, so it is God's ability um, at work when we are doing what we're called to do. And, and, and so this is a manifestation of that. <laughs> there was another group and they, they, they were like, I don't know, there's all these colors and everything and flyers and streamers. And, and, and I was like, what are, what are you guys? I mean, it was like, uh, <laughs> this colorful posse, and and they were like, well, well, we're here to make the environments more fun. They, they, they're literally like party animal angels. They, they just come in, they just have a party, you know. So I'm talking, and you know, especially when we hit certain anointings, this is like, you know, it get really funny. People are like having a good time. It's wow, this is really well. The angels just come in and start having a party on top. So there are all kinds of things. I was not working with these angels two, two years ago. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and this is one of the things that people can put their faith in. We have a good God. We have a good yeah. God. And, and there yeah. is so much more to his kingdom than I think we've permitted ourselves to accept Absolutely. or to receive. Yeah. 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 You know, well, I want to rewind if you guys don't mind a minute, because Dan was talking. He he had a couple different concepts, and and I kind of linked them together in my Greek 
mindset. Oh. <laughs> there, there goes your pain in the neck. I, I know, right? Oh. <laughs> but, but untethering and the fact that it, our agreement is what powers up the demonic and then the fact that everyone recognizes well not everyone but you know what i mean it's really obvious to recognize demonic activity that's manifesting right but what happens daniel when we come into agreement with those little things like those little oh, i'm not good enough um you know little doubts little poverty mindset things little things that are holding us back from our breakthrough how can we untether from those kinds of insidious little things that get us? Well, that's a, I think that's a good question. I have a very, very straightforward answer for that. Um, and and, and, and I'm going to preface it by saying this, okay? Um, we have something called a heart. It is the seat of human intuition. The heart is the center of man, and it is the most important real estate of the spirit world. God is more interested in the hearts of men, women, and children in this world than anything else. Amen. You give me the hearts of the people, yeah. I'll give you the nation. You know, the same thing for the kingdom of darkness. They're Fully after agree. the hearts, right? So mm -hmm. beliefs embed in the heart and then run a program that generates an atmosphere that will either attract or repel certain kinds of activity. For instance, if I believe that I will be rejected, everyone rejects me. Classic lie. There's so many people that believe this nonsense. Yeah. Everyone rejects me. I am always rejected. If there's 10 people in a room, I'll get rejected. I'm, I'll, I've been rejected by every boyfriend. I was rejected by my mom. I was rejected by my favorite teacher. You know, I am the rejected person. So I'm always rejected, right? So they have this lie. Now that goes in the belief system. Now, now that is actually, now I don't know if you guys know this, but different, every organ of the body generates a field. It, it, it's actually a field. Um, when you take these fields and you put them together, <clears throat> you know, you have what some people might call energy fields. Um, like but the frequency? They, they, they're actually frequencies that come off all yeah. of the organs. Yeah. Now, the, the, I, I believe that the largest frequency of any organ in the body comes off of the actual physical heart, which if I'm not incorrect on this, I haven't looked it up in a while, but I think it extends as much as eight feet outside of the body. It creates yeah. a realm. <clears throat> so <laughs> our beliefs that are in the heart are going to attract and repel in very real time the things that are, you know, in our orbit. So, so if we have rejection, I am rejected, lodged in our heart, that's going to tune the frequency that we are projecting out. And so when people meet us, what they encounter is an atmosphere that invites rejection. Yeah. It actually invites it yeah. because when I meet you and you believe you are rejected, I actually want to reject you. Absolutely. And when I meet you and you believe you are accepted, I want to accept you. It, yeah. your, your belief system in your heart will affect me. And that's what people don't understand. So, so, so when you come back to some of these little things, right, the, the things that eat away at us that we get that get in our way, this is how it's happening, mechanically speaking. It's building in belief systems. And, and, and here's the thing. There's another layer to this. 
Because once an agreement is set in the heart with certain things, like, you know, I'm rejected, then a spirit of rejection gets a door and can layer in on top of that. So you have the heart belief and then you have the demonic on top. So I have a very simple way of dealing with this. I say, look, I have a deliverance 101 prayer. It's in the book, Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth. Anyone can get that. It's 10 bucks, um, along with a whole lot of other prayers. De De deliverance 101 goes through five main steps. Confession, repentance, renunciation, binding, and casting out. Five steps. Why? Because, you know, 1 John says, if any man sins and he confesses his sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Confession right. means, you know, making a, a, an admission of wrongdoing or fault. It's a legal process. Confessing is like, you know, it, it's the same thing. We go into courts of heaven and we confess. It's like, you know, we hear the accuser and he makes the accusation. He cheated on his wife. Yes, I did. Right. That, that was my accusation. Uh, my marriage has been on assault ever since. All the stuff's going wrong. My kids are going crazy. But I did it through the door of adultery. I've actually opened this thing and it's exposed. So I, what do I need to do? I need to confess that I did that. And then step two is repent. Repentance means to change our thinking. It's a 180 degree turn. And so we confess and then we repent. Then we renounce. What does renunciation mean? It means to break agreement with the things of darkness. So we are dealing with the legal aspect. We are turning our minds at 180 degrees and we are breaking the, 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 the agreement and the tie. Confess, repent, renounce. Then it's clear. It's done. Why? The blood of Jesus is paid for it, right? It's now under the blood. And so the next step is to bind all of the demonic that's been at work in and around our lives as a result of that stuff. And then kick them out to wherever Jesus sends them. So for this example, let's say I was dealing with the thing, I am rejected. I would do this right away as soon as I identify that thing. You know what, God? I confess that I have believed that I am rejected. And I repent. I renounce the lie that I am rejected. And in the name of Jesus, I bind every evil spirit that has been at work in and around my life as a result of this lie. And I call them pierced to and thrust out to wherever Jesus sends them for failed assignment. Now, done. I mean, it's like so easy. And you could do this for everything, you know, and I, I would associate this with, you know, taking thoughts captive, you know, this, this idea that we, we're not just going to believe every kind of thought that flies across our mind because there's a battlefield of the mind and the devil's trying to take us down this way. So, uh, that's my answer, Brett. So I want to I want to jump in here, and I'm going to take it a little bit different direction because uh, I see some people on uh, YouTube who are going back and forth on things and and different belief systems and so forth. And I I just want to say, number one, if you haven't gone to see the three plumb lines, go watch that first because that will disengage a lot of the arguing and so forth that we go through. Because number one, Jesus said that love should be the thing that covers all things that that is the number one it's the relationships that we have and it's not about the knowledge because if you're going by the knowledge you're basically still under your greek mindset you're under the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you, we want to get out from underneath that get into the tree of life where 
the relationship is more important so that we're not doing this because when we're doing this you're just getting sucked right into the darkness and what the enemy wants so um one of the things i i i kind of experienced in the last couple of weeks actually we were in texas dan you, you're in uh houston area or dallas dallas area okay yeah so we were in uh um austin and uh anyway dealing with somebody talking to somebody there and um uh you know, they have this esoteric view of just God as light. And, you know, it, it, you know, they just are really struggling with, you know, what to believe. They're even looking at, you know, they've been a Christian, but now they're starting to think Yeshua is really not God and all that. And, and so it's just this understanding that, yeah, you can believe yourself right on out of Christianity. You can believe yourself right on out of any Christian, you know, any viewpoint. But the fact is, the bottom line is, we have to decide, because we have no proof of anything. You know, we have lots of evidence, but we have no proof of anything that, you know, God is this or God is that or, or anything else. We have to choose eventually. And the thing is, I've, you know, I've gone down that road. I think a lot of people have gone down that road where you question whether Yeshua was really God or not. But I think most of us come back and we realize that um yeah if you want to believe in this uh new age idea that you're we're just light we're just energy and that one of these days we're going to wake up from our dream and we're going to find out that we are god and there is no one else well that really stinks i don't like that ending <laughs> you know and to and and here in the middle of this we're going through a court case with the person and we're getting results and the person you know admits it's like you know, they're trying to believe on this thing that they think is so much higher, and yet we're getting results with what we're doing. And the fact is, Daniel, what you're doing is you're getting results with people that believe in, you know, what's happening and need to be delivered from that. I mean, we've got SRA people coming out of the woodwork, and are we creating it? I don't think so. I think these people are finally feeling free to be able to step out of stuff that they've experienced and find help. So... You know, it's just all this stuff that's going on. We have to have grace and mercy for one another, number one. And number two, make sure that we're loving well. Because if we're doing this, hey, you're just stepping right into the enemy's territory and you're doing his boxing for him. So, you know, get off that and start loving one another and realizing that we're going to have differences in the beliefs, you know, to one degree or another. And so we need to, you know, let go of our Greek thinking that we've got all the right answers and begin to walk in love and that will change the world it's not going to be you know knowing exactly one thing or another and having more knowledge than somebody else so i just wanted to say that to hopefully put some of the arguing to rest that's going on over there on youtube and i hope that makes sense because you know uh, again my bottom line is love one another you know love is the greatest command and it's what we're all moving towards so uh, that's my, that's my soapbox, man. I just got on it. I'll get off now. <laughs> I'm just watching these people argue and I'm like, come uh, on people. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to lose a single moment with Dan Duvall. So, well, uh, here's, here's what I did want to ask. So coming back to that, what do you do with the people that and I'm sure you've run into them that you know just feel like they they have that uh, esoteric view of of you know uh, a creation that you know there is no God that we are God and uh, that all this demonic stuff and all the uh, you know angel stuff is just 
you know, you know, it, to them, it's bunk. What would you say to them? Because I, I'm sure you've run into it before. Well, look, I mean, the truth is uh, people are going to ultimately believe what they choose to believe. Yes, right. Absolutely. Uh, that's why Jesus said, I'm a sword. Yeah, I'm a sword. I, I, I didn't. I came to create division because he mm-hmm. is a sword that divides between light and dark. And if you do not choose his light, you will be in the dark. Yeah. And you can stay in the dark as long as you want because God gives us free will in his justice. Amen. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Every person has, but, but here's, here's the truth, right? If you come to me and you say, man, I have major heavy-duty problems, and I think that you know, you're the guy that can get me results, Daniel Duval, I will say, you know, well, are you willing to trust in Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, as the source? Well, no, then I can't help you. <laughs> Good luck, right? Let's get that ironed out first. Yeah. You're going to have to believe that it's his power if you're going to enjoy the fruit of all of the tools that we've learned to use, because they're all found in him, you know? And so that, that, that's the thing. And um, obviously I believe that deliverance is for the children. I believe that deliverance is actually the children's bread. You know, th- this comes out of this passage where Jesus meets this woman and, and she's not, from a Jew, you know, she, and I'm escaping me at the moment right now, um, the area that she was from, but basically. Samaria? Samaria, yes. Okay. I think so, yes. <laughs> and, 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 and so the Samaritans, they, they um, had, 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 it was like a split off. And so the, the Jews had the truth, but they had this different system of things, believing and whatnot. And so Jesus knew that he was called to the Jews. He, he, he was called to a very specific region. That was his assignment field. This woman comes and said, my daughter is possessed of all these demons. Can you heal her? And, you know, um, Jesus says, well, uh, no. <laughs> and he actually makes this reference to a dog in, in that passage. And people will see, well, Jesus, even that Jesus is, is a rough. racist. And it's like, well, no, that's not actually what he was doing there. But um, it was a cultural reference. And then she comes back with this comment, even the dogs eat the crumbs off of the children's table. And, and what is she asking for? She's asking for the overflow of deliverance power which means that the bread of deliverance was actually on the table of the children of God. The bread of deliverance is on our table. Yeah. And that's where I, you know, I absolutely anchor our ministry. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, you know, you, you can believe that uh, you, you are a light being, you know, and that there is no God, but we're all gods and there's some cosmic intelligence and all this stuff. But when you want to get your night terrors dealt with, um, when you want to get your marriage straightened out, when you want to see a redemptive power flow through your family that breaks that stranglehold of addiction off of your children, you're going to need a real answer because that belief exactly. isn't it. It's not going to get answer. you there. And Good you know answer. what? That's where I hang my hat. Yeah. 
believe in Jesus. Exactly. You know, I, as I said, I went through that process of really doubting everything. And in the end, I'm like, okay, I've got to choose. And I went back and I looked. I looked at, you know, basically every religion out there. And in the end, you know, as far as a worldview, there is no other religion to me that makes any more sense than Christianity. And walking this out, you know, it's like there are solid things. And it seems to me to have more evidence. I mean, mountains more of evidence than any other religion that we can look at. And it works. That's the bottom line is it works. And, and you've been walking in and, and dealing with the demonic and so forth, and you're seeing results. And um, so, I mean, is it, is, it, is it wrapped up in what people are thinking? Well, yeah, to a great degree, because if, they, you know, if, they're, if they're being tormented, then um, hey. I, you know, and the thing is, we don't understand it fully. And, and I've always said that anybody who says that they understand everything 100% probably should just walk the other way because you're going to get in trouble with that person. <laughs> but um, I just love what you're doing. You've, you're getting fantastic results all around the world. And I would just encourage anybody who's watching that, you know, is dealing with anything that is along the lines of what Dan's been talking about. And if you want to find out more, go, his, go to his website. I'm going to bring your website up just real briefly here. You guys won't be able to see it there, but um, I'm going to share your website. And you've actually got a new thing going on called Realms and Dimensions Unsealed, a new course. So um, go to his website. It's bridemovement.com. And check out what Dan has there because he's got a lot of good stuff for you guys. And I encourage you to go check it out and see what else is there. Um, so we're about out of time. Any last words? Well, I think we need to continue the conversation for the members only. And we need to get a little bit down a couple different rabbit holes. Okay. Because... Do you have time, Daniel, to do a little bit more? I have a little bit of time for you. Absolutely. Thank awesome. you. All right, we are back. Okay, now we can let her hair down and talk about really crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. The, I was just looking, watching the uh, YouTube, and these guys were arguing. It's like I don't want that stuff all over there. And anyway, just um, it was just crazy stuff. You know, the the children arguing again over stuff that it's like, wait a minute, we're in this. You know, were they to love. <laughs> Were they interlopers or people we knew? Uh, I saw some of them were people that would, actually they were regulars. There were a couple of regulars that started probably in the last few weeks anyway. Okay. So it was right. interesting. Yeah, I'm like, I don't see anybody on. I recognize over there. How All often right. do you get that, Dan? Do you get people arguing like that on your your? He chats? doesn't go live. Oh, you don't go live? I do not do our podcast live. I made a shift away from live starting in 2015. Before that, my earlier ones, I did that. Um, and, you know, th you, there are some wins. But especially when you do call-ins, it's, oh. a, it, it's oh. a field of landmines. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I made the switch. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like we're there yet. You know, we don't have that. In fact, I can't even say that we've had, you know, on our um, Facebook site, we, we actually had that in the beginning, and I shut it down pretty hard, pretty quickly, and um, um, haven't really had anything since then, not to say that we won't. But with YouTube, this is the first time I've actually encountered it on YouTube. So we'll see where that ends up going. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about uh, that some of our members are probably ready for, not sure, well, possibly some of the general audience, but I wanted to talk to you about timelines because you did a podcast several weeks ago, maybe even months, about the release or you know, deliverance from evil timelines or something to, to that effect. But how do we get caught up in timelines? What are they? Um, well, just first of all, introduction to timelines 101 with Dan Duvall. <laughs> okay. Uh, introduction to timelines. Um, so timelines exists because of the justice of God. Let's just ground that out right there. Okay. Timelines exist because of the justice of God. Let me explain. If you have two options, your little sister has just hijacked your glass of milk. <laughs> she loaded it with salt. <laughs> and you didn't see it coming. You had this massive pancake and you're thirsty. So you drink that delicious cold glass of milk to wash it down and yeah! <laughs> oh, oh, everything's ruined. The whole ending. It's like, you know, going off the rails at the very end of the roller coaster. It's just like, this is not injustice has come and then you have two options you can either do what they said in sunday school forgive and demonstrate the love of christ or you can give her a good wallop of justice <laughs> because god has a rod too doesn't he <laughs> right and so you have two options now which option happens answer the option that the child chooses. They have to make a choice. Now, God is outside of time. So if God only has one timeline, there actually is not a choice. If the timeline is just this singular strand, what happens is if that timeline happens to include you giving your sister a good wallop, <clears throat> then when you stand before God to give an account for your life, right? Like, are you really responsible for right. giving your sister a wallop? Right, because there was no it, other option. There was no other option. There, it was never going to go another way. Yeah. It was never going to go another way. And, and, and this is actually more tied to Eastern philosophy than anything Hebrew uh, when it comes to the concepts of cosmology because, because you know, um, in certain belief systems, they say whatever will be, will be. They call it fate. It's just what's going to happen. Not so in Hebrew thinking. In Hebrew thinking, everything can be changed. So Jesus comes in and he says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because his will is not being done. And so he wants agents in the earth to impose his will on the earth because heaven and earth are out of alignment. So coming back to the example, 
if God is just, and if he's the judge of the whole earth, according to Genesis chapter 18, then we have to have a system of justice. So God will create two timelines relative to that event in that child's life. In one timeline, you actually exercise love and compassion on your sister for doing this criminal activity to you. In the other timeline, you do not. But God creates both so that there actually is a real choice. And if you choose to love and this, then there's a reward associated with that choice. But if you choose to give her the wallop, then there may be consequences. You, you might have to answer to the little papal stick that your mom has afterwards, you know, both you and your sister, right? So there, there, there are consequences. This is an administration of justice. So the Bible says in Isaiah 46, 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So God sees the end from the beginning and from his seat of sovereignty, he is directing a general flow through time. But within that general flow that he is sovereign over and ensuring, literally backing up by his own power, uh, there is a lot of room for the results and consequences of individual decisions being made by billions of people around the world. And so there are quadrillions and uh, <laughs> higher numbers of timelines that Infinite. are created in the administration of God dealing with billions of people all around the world and all of the sets of their individual choices. And this is best reflected in a passage of scripture called Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy descendants may live. So God actually creates the life and the death futures, possible futures for Israel. And then they are making a choice as to whether they're going to choose life, obey Torah, follow Jehovah and do what he says, or they're going to follow the Canaan gods. They're going to go into their uh, whoredoms and they're going to experience the curse, right? And they, they often chose the curse, but he created both. That's why he said, I set them before you. So having said that, when we talk about evil timelines, we talked about being anchored to timelines that have us engaging in things that are not actually written in God's books about us because God has books according to Psalm 139 that were written about us before any of our days were lived. He, right. he has the destiny, he has a purpose, right. he has a plan. Mm -hmm. Now, evil timelines helps us to understand that it's an intentional labor for us to, through faith in Jesus Christ, bring our lives into alignment with his plans. And we, that requires relationship, diligence, faithfulness, deliverance, inner healing, everything together, the whole package to bring us into alignment with his plans because many Christians are not on those the timelines that are revealing his plans. You know, God has for us to, to have influence over nations and systems and, and we're stuck making minimum wage and we, we, we're laden down with sickness, you know, and, and it's like th that's not God's timeline. And what we need to do is we need to begin to accept these things so that we can say, okay, well, how, how do I shift? So, so, so getting deliverance from evil timelines is part of the shift. Now, now I'm going to add on to this conversation because the foundation is that God is creating a lot of possibilities. But 
the enemy adds to this. The enemy actually goes into the spirit world and creates counterfeit timelines. And what he will do is he will traffic soul fragments into the counterfeit timelines as an attempt to anchor them to the person's life. And when a fragment of the soul is lodged in a counterfeit timeline, which essentially begins to work like a region of captivity, there's an enhanced ability for the heart through subconscious agreements that the person may not even be able to be aware of to bring that evil timeline into a manifestation in the person's life, you know, and, and so these evil timelines we found uh, can actually be collapsed because they are not legitimate timelines at all. And in order to understand this, you have to get outside of 3d thinking. You have to begin to think dimensionally because these timelines exist outside of earth dimension, but the timelines, whether they're godly timelines or counterfeit timelines are being brought into manifestation through agreements in the heart. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I'm taking basic, simple scriptures, but I'm applying yeah. them to highly complex ideas that we have run headlong into. And so I have found many people, you know, uh, we're working and it's like some terrible thing is happening in their lives. But then we find some parts and they're in another realm. It's a region of captivity and it is a timeline. Um, and guess what they're there because in a ritual certain words were spoken that were used to create the counterfeit timeline that the person is navigating so let's say and, and it doesn't take a ritual because if your daddy said you will never amount to anything every day of your waking life from the ages of one to 15 he is creating a counterfeit timeline and the broke because the bible says in the book of Job, how long will you break my soul in pieces with your words your soul is being fragmented through that verbal abuse and you are being placed and lodged in a counterfeit timeline being generated That's by good. words and that is anchoring something to your life that god did not author and that whole structure needs to be collapsed regarding your life because you know what you will amount to something that's a lie but it was spoken and then believed and so this is a very simple way they have very very complex ways of creating evil timelines i'm just trying to help others to understand where, where i'm coming from yeah mm -hmm. that's, that's good, good. so really is good. that could you equate timeline the word timeline to like your destiny path if you're if you're you didn't even know you had a scroll. Suddenly you receive a scroll and you realize your scroll says, I'm supposed to be going in this direction and I'm actually going in this direction. It, is that because I'm on the wrong timeline? Yes. Is that the same thing? Okay. All right. So in order for us to get back onto the track that God originally intended for us that fits with our destiny scroll and the path towards the, the amazing mission and assignment that we've been given, we have to do what to get out of those timelines. And let's just assume that we've pulled our parts if, if we've been fractured or, or is that all part of it? I, explain all of that i well see so, so now right now what we're doing right 
Okay. I'm sorry. Let, 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 let's just walk into week three of astrophysics. Okay. And let's talk about <laughs> lesson okay. 4.3. Right. And let's, let's just, you know, make it make sense to all of the uh, high school kids, right? Um, we, 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 you, you're walking me into a landmine because there's a lot involved in what you're bringing okay. up. There's a whole lot of complexities, and I have absolutely no problem rattling on and on until you stop me on this stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give it to you, but you, I'm probably going to lose some people, so <laughs> here goes, right? Um, we learned about timelines first when I began to deal with survivors of Project Montauk. Because what they did in Montauk, they got a chair and it, they got it from one of these quote unquote alien civilizations. There's some other entities. They gave the government this chair. And this chair, they, they would power up with what they called orgone, which was basically extracted sexual energy that happened in the process of raping and traumatizing children. They'd actually store it in a computer, they'd funnel it into the chair, they'd put a traumatized, raped, drug child in this chair, and then the chair would begin to uh, interface with the body to create sexual stimulation. Um, and the child would open a wormhole with their psychic ability. Now this is dirty, dark, really bad stuff, right? And so they were experimenting with coordinates because every timeline and realm in the spirit world has coordinates. And they didn't know what the coordinates were. So they were sending people and trying to figure out the coordinates. They found that when they try to send adults, their minds would just melt because adults were too structured in Greek in their thinking. So they started sending children because the children would just accept whatever they were looking at at face value. They didn't have an understanding of reality, fully formed. So they so, were sending kids through these wormholes underground in, 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 in Camp Hero, which is right off of New York Island, right? Hmm. And now, now, when they would go and they would put the coordinates you know, some of the people would actually project, they would astral project through these portals to go into these um, other realms or timelines. And some of them would actually physically go, their body, they would walk through the portal and they would go in their physical body. Later on, they began to do some other fancy stuff and cloning came to the table. And I, mean, I, I don't have a full understanding of how all that ties in, but, but, but here's the deal. When you would go down the uh, the wormhole, it was like traveling down um, a highway, and 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 through that, it's like the reports would come back. You you could actually see the different timelines, like a highway, with all of these parallel timelines going next to each other. Um, once you exited the three D dimension, and then you'd go into a particular coordinate. And there would be a world there. So, so I, you know, I, I talked to one person who was actually sent into a timeline where Germany won World War II. Wow, interesting. And so they were exploring this timeline and looking at this alternate Earth in this alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. But it's not a real timeline. It, it, it's a, it, it is <laughs> the result of God or someone creating a timeline where the allies didn't take you know normandy they didn't do what they did on d-day and germany wins so 
there's actually this whole world and, and all of these memories come back from being there for a period of time and then being recalled back into this dimension. And so, you know, we, we started looking and I ran into people that were involved in projects that sent them into different timelines that were not associated with Montauk because there was a whole lot of other projects that anchored people in these other timelines. As a matter of fact, I began to run into something called time travel parts in Survivors because so many people in the Illuminati are actively engaged in time travel even now, but they're going in and out of counterfeit timelines. Some of them on rare occasions can come in and out of this timeline that we are actually tracking, but most of it is to these other timelines that never manifest. And so when we began to understand that framework, then we were able to back engineer, wait a minute, when you're going into these, some of your parts are staying stuck there. Some of your parts are actually getting lodged in these other timelines. And so we had to figure out a way to go into those timelines and get them back. And, you know, for me, it began with, you know, sending the angels of the Lord and Jesus into these timelines. And, you know, they'd go and they'd collect the parts out of the timelines. Whatnot, but then God began to lead us into strategies to actually shut the whole timeline down, judge it, and collapse it completely. Mm-hmm. That's when we got into uh, a, a type of warfare. I call it realm warfare. I started using something I call my archy, and uh, I trained people to do this in our realms and dimensions on sealed course. So, so, so this is really high level stuff. But uh, basically, it, through a system of legalities and spiritual technology, that I cannot fully explain here. Um, we're able to basically encase that timeline, extract all of the humanity out of it, leverage a judgment against that is so severe, everything collapses, implodes, we roll it up like a scroll, and then we just deliver it to the Father for judgment at his throne. So so we're actually rolling up these realms like scrolls. And we've done this for countless timelines. And, and, And so I did a podcast where I actually wrote a prayer that was just specific to dealing with evil timelines um, mm-hmm. that we engineered while working with a survivor that had a whole lot of time travel parts. And um, what we found is that this, this prayer led to crazy deliverance for a lot of people. I mean, people that have no satanic ritual abuse, no programming, they're listening to this prayer. Why? Because their mom said, you know, you're never going to make more than middle class. And, you know, just stuff like this. And it's like people are being broken out of these timelines as well. But we began to engineer this thing in the very deep end of the pool, connected to government projects and very strange things. Okay. You know, I, <clears throat> um, I have a kind of a funny question uh, to start off with, but then I want to share with you something that I think kind of confirms what you're talking about. But the funny question would be, uh, have you ever had anybody, I would think that you would, have have you had anybody ask you um well how do we know how do you know that we're not this timeline is not the evil timeline that we're living out right now (laughs) how do you know you're the right one yeah how do you know that we're actually in the right one (laughs) so that's 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 a good question and um my answer and i don't know that i have the right answer on this yet but my answer is that the Bible says Jesus died once. Mm -hmm. It says he died once. So I believe that what you have is all of these timelines, but everything kind of pinches on the cross where there is an event that is of such significance cosmically that there is no alternative reality 
from that point. Uh, it, it is the absolute anchor of everything. That's good. And then um, good way to think about it. there are things that happen afterwards. But I, I, w what I believe is that the timeline that Jesus died on is basically a base timeline mm -hmm. that all of the other timelines kind of revolve around and they are either being phased into it or kicked out of it on the basis of human agreement. But it, it, it's like there is a standard against which all men and women will be judged. And again, timelines connect back into the justice system of God. If there is no standard against which men and women are judged because you did this on this timeline, but you did this on that timeline, and you did this on mm. this timeline, but who knows what you really did because who knows which timeline was really real, then there's no justice system of God because what is he actually judging you against? So the justice system of God component helps me to say, no, there has to be a base timeline against which everything is measured. It's the same timeline that Jesus died on, and it's the same timeline that we are on. And so our decisions are actually of great importance. As a matter of fact, this is why the Bible suggests we should live for eternity and store up riches in heaven, because our decisions do have eternal consequence, yeah. which we will be rewarded on or lose our reward against. Yeah. So here's here's what I this is just my personal experience. And actually, we've shared this with a lot of people and it's worked very well for them. But this has been years ago where the father downloaded a prayer to me because I was getting tired of, uh, you know, the, the, the hamster wheel that gets going, you know, get a temptation going, get something going, whatever it is, you know, just the, the words that won't go away, the phrases or whatever. And I just would get tired because I would deal with it. And then shortly thereafter, it'd be back again. I'm like, this is crazy. And I was really frustrated. But then the father downloaded a prayer and it has worked 100% of the time for me. And I did wow. not understand it. I still don't fully understand it, but it works. And it was just the idea that, you know, my brain or my thoughts were somehow connecting and syncing up with, you know, like in a cloud you know, like our computers sync up, you know, in a cloud, that my thoughts were syncing up in a cloud and that I was dealing with my stuff here in this realm, but somehow I, you know, I, I can accept the fact that I exist somewhere else in other realms somehow, but that somehow it wasn't dealing with it in these other realms. So it was still going on in these other realms and eventually the syncing process would just come right back and it was there again. So the prayer was that, I would just ask the blood of Jesus to come and destroy the neuron pathway of the thought or the, you know, where the thought pattern started, everything in between it to the end neuron and, you know, that uh, Caroline leaf getting rid of the pathway, you know, everything leading up to it, everything leading away from it, and that the blood of Jesus would eliminate it here and out of every dimension and out of every realm that I exist in, out of every fiber of my existence and all creation. And by the time I'd get done with that prayer, it would be gone and it hasn't come back. None, none of them come back. The only way they can come back is if I recreate them, actually take the time to recreate them. And, uh, but literally, I've not had any of those things come back. And it was such a powerful thing, especially in the beginning, because it was getting rid of super highways of stuff and garbage that just kept coming on me. 
And uh, do I have a little pathways left? Sure. There's a lot of little pathways, you know, that I'm catching every once in a while and I have to do the same prayer. But but that, you know, really relates to that because of the idea of other me's on other timelines or other dimensions, other realms, you know, still having that process, but it's eliminating it there as well. So it's completely destroyed out of every fiber of my existence and all creation. Mm. Yeah, so. Dan does include that language in the prayers, the prayers that shake heaven and earth, and I probably in the second one too, in every realm and timeline yeah. and dimension, right? And that's cool. That's one of those things where, you know, God's downloading stuff to individuals in different places without connection. And uh, you know, it's God when it's coming from you know, different people and they're not communicating. Yeah. So, okay. So here's a little bit of um, like right now news, Dan, what is your opinion about this kind of stuff on the Epstein Island? And if all of this uncovering and exposing of it is part of the shaking and quivering of the knees of the <laughs> deep state dark realm, right? Uh, okay, I absolutely believe it's part of the shaking. Mm -hmm. I mean, Epstein yeah. getting arrested a second time because he was already arrested. I mean, he, he he got sentenced to his you know vacation in his loft prison cell with work permissions to. Go. <laughs> it's like, what is this? You know, o only in the world of the deep state does this make sense. And um, but but then you know he he went into violation. And so now he's indicted again, and, and there is just an uproar, and more witnesses are coming forward, people that were not paid off, people that do not have a you know, uh, non-disclosure agreement and all this other stuff. And uh, I, I don't think that this is going away. I think that it is the prayers of, of men and women that demanding justice in this nation that have pushed this thing over the edge. And I don't think that... Um, this is going to go away and and i'm praying that it doesn't go away but i i think that this is an, another domino that's falling i i believe that there has been an agenda of heaven it's like the deep state is like a whole series of dominoes and mm -hmm. it's like these dominoes have been set up and then you know we're watching them fall one by one by one by one by one by one and there's a strategy behind it because everything cannot come down at once it has to come down in a certain order. Otherwise, everything would just go to chaos because it's so deep. Um, the, the, the cancer of the deep state on the world is, is so entrenched everywhere. It has to be a systematic thing. Um, and I think this is another major domino that's just toppling. And there's going to be more dominoes that fall on the back of this. Um, and, 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 and here's what I, I honestly believe. I believe that ever since 2015, there's been a major shift. And I, I was working with several people in the Illuminati, and I, I can very, very confidently say that the Illuminati wanted World War III in 2015. Hmm. And it didn't happen. And actually, dominoes began to fall in 2015. When right. Trump got elected in 2016, that was a mega blow to the powers of, I mean, say what you want about Trump. You know, he has people that love him, people that hate him, yeah, Christians yeah. that are like, ah, oh, this guy is this. Uh, I can tell you from my seat and my vantage point, the things that I'm doing in the spirit and people that I'm working with, that was not a win um, yeah. for, for, for evil at all. It's, and that's why 
shortly after Trump went into office, they had all these witches come out and they're like, we're going to do rituals on every waxing and waning moon until we get them out of office. Because Hillary was the second phase of a 16-year plan to basically bring this country to its knees as part of this globalist agenda. And when she didn't go in, I mean, that was like, what just happened? How did this happen? No one could believe it. And um, anyway, but we've been doing a lot of work in the spirit since 2015. Uh, I, I mean, all these agendas that, I mean, God has brought to us to actually deal with head on in the course of the work that we're doing. I um, mean, we've watched, you know, things come down one by one by one. And, and some of them are more behind the scenes and some of them are very public. And um, I, I know that a lot of things are happening because of a massive heavenly coordination of believers around the country. God's like, I need you to look at this. I need you to deal with these land issues. I need you to repent of this. I need your group ascending and dealing with this issue. And it's like, I do believe this is part of the fruit of this heavenly coordination and and you know there's been a lot of people that have said yeah you know the world's just going to get darker and darker america's got to get judged everything's going to blow up um I, I actually am not in that camp personally i think there's something else very powerful where and this is just me you know people are more than welcome to disagree with this i do not think that it's doom and gloom at this point i think a whole yeah. lot of timelines relative to the world and America at large have changed and shifted since 2015, and um, they're going to continue to. And so that's that's actually my vantage point. I, I think yeah. that there's a whole agenda coming from heaven to reveal what I believe will be called sheep. I would call sheep nations. Yeah. They're, they're like geographies that are coming into the redemptive outpouring of God's government flowing through his Come people. On. And yeah. I, um, I, I believe that we are part of that shift generation. We're watching it happen in real time. Yeah, I'm fully on board with you there. I absolutely believe that. And I've, I've come from, you know, believing in the rapture 30, 40 years ago to, you know, Jesus, come take us out of here when you're ready, you know, change everything where we're at now. Just understanding that, hey, you know, we're it right now. He's working through us. We need to be working to do it because it's Jesus in us before he's going to work through us, before he's going to come to us. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a lot of work to do. There's a lot of untils that are left in the Bible that haven't been fulfilled yet that he's waiting to have those fulfilled so that he can come. And um, anyway, I heard, I heard someone say recently, I, I hadn't heard this term, maybe you've already heard it, but that, that Trump is a necessary agitator. <laughs> and I'm like, that that's pretty good. That nails him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A necessary agitator for, for the times. Yeah, for the the audience that doesn't know Daniel, when he said he was working with the Illuminati, he's working with the defectors who are coming out and coming to him for healing because of the programming that happened to them while they were Illuminati and the satanic rituals that were were done. Perhaps good clarification. Under that, yeah, exactly. Under that uh, temple, quote unquote, on uh, Epstein Island, because we don't know for sure what was going on there, but we suspect yeah. it was quite evil. Well, Dan, so. in the future, I'm I'm uh, planning, hoping to have uh, what we'll just call special editions, and that you know we won't have them at our specific times. They may not even be live, but we're expanding our kingdom talks and um, going to have a section where we have special editions 
and I, I got a feeling you could speak a whole lot into this whole Illuminati and the SRAs and, and that stuff and what's going on there that maybe would be helpful for some people to know or at least understand or at least know how to be praying because most people I think are pretty naive to the whole idea that that stuff is going on. And um, so, I you know, before we go, I do need to get going because I've got uh, people waiting for me um, right now. But um, I just want to make sure, do you have any of the last words you'd like to share before we go? Yeah, thank you, Braylon. That, that is a very good clarification. I work with Illuminati defectors. Right. <laughs> not an agent of that organization. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, number two, um, I have another book coming out soon. I have Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth. Folks, if, if you haven't gotten that book, I, I really recommend it uh, for you and your family and friends. It's got a whole lot. I mean, it, it is a, just a, a, a treasure trove. That I, I don't believe the book's value can be numerically delineated because yeah. of all of the deliverance and breakthrough it's brought people. But it's only $10 because I want the body of Christ yeah. to get it and yeah. use it. And there is a second book coming out called Advanced Prayers of Shake Heaven and Earth. It's going to be released end of august early september and it's going to have prayers like deliverance from evil timelines and other more advanced prayers that we engineered after the release of the first book and so look forward to that and otherwise just visit us at bridemovement.com bridemovement.com so uh dan we did put a lot of that on the uh, comment section uh but if you uh, want to drop back in there and put some links to your books and so forth, uh, feel free to do that. I'd love to have you do that so people can find it easily. Yeah. And I do, uh, I did love the, the prayers that shake heaven and earth. I, yeah. I have parts of the morning prayer memorized just because I don't want to, you know, get up from bed and have to pick up my book and read it. I just want to lay there and just, <laughs> you know, or or I just play the, the video where you say it. I'm like, okay, that's even easier. I'll just have Dan. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all so right. much for that. Um, I appreciate all of the tools and resources that you have. You have great trainings yeah. on your podcast. You have great, uh, that is Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. And you have uh, terrific guests. I so appreciate that. And you also have the Bride Ministries Institute, which I took the Ministering to the Human Spirit course, right. which was really, really good, too. So you've got a lot of, of resources, free and paid, for people to get more of Dan Duvall, which I encourage you all to do. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah. Oh, you all bastard. Right. <laughs> pastor stuff <laughs> I just do that to throw people off no. yeah really. all right Dan really honor you and thank you appreciate you very much thank you for being on here and uh, look forward to it next time and we'll, we'll maybe even go into some deeper stuff and um, it'll be it'll be interesting I, I really do want people to be aware of what's going on so that yeah. they know how to pray because uh, it, yes. it is really we'll talk about vaccines not... and stuff that people are doing unwittingly and Ah, anyway, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Love you all. Thank you for your support. Keep sharing it. And we bless you all. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Thanks. Berlin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. 
You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.